Hello and welcome to episode 316 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm here as always with my friend Evan. Evan, how are you doing on this Monday afternoon? Man, I still got the Monday blues uh, after after that beautiful London game we had to um, indulge ourselves into. Um, but yeah, I'm doing pretty good other than that. My bad. I just had a sip of water in my mouth there. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, the Falcons game yesterday did suck, as uh, we can get into right now. Um, Falcons went over, crossed the pond to... I think it was Wembley Stadium or Tottenham, one of the two, um, to face the Jacksonville Jaguars, who pretty much just live out in London these days, and they just get uh, dismantled, really, offensively. They lose 23-7, to kind of similar to the Detroit game last week of just uh, some of the worst offense you'll see in the NFL, and uh, the defense, you know, playing solidly at times. Um, we don't, I don't even think we need to like go play by play. We can just kind of go big picture this. Cause this was quite literally the same game as the lions game in some ways. Um, and let's just talk about Desmond Ritter. Let's just rip the bandaid off and talk about how bad he was. Um, 19 for 31, 191 yards, one touchdown, two picks, uh, took four sacks, which is entirely on him. His QBR 10.7. I believe he is a uh, 30th in the NFL um, for the entire season in QBR. Uh, and if you do that math, there's probably been what 33, 34 quarterbacks have played this year. So pretty bad. Um, yeah. Ritter. Um, it was really bad. I know Arthur Smith today at his Monday press conference got asked if Ritter was still going to be the quarterback next week. And just the fact that that question is being asked after week four is, very alarming and in some ways the worst case scenario for the Falcons. So uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Desmond Ritter? Yeah. It's truly remarkable how bad he's been the last two weeks. Um, I mean, the offense has scored one touchdown in eight quarters, Um, you know, just pathetic. I mean, the, the turnovers, that was the one biggest thing that he had to, uh, do was protect the football and, and let the run game eat and he's he's not doing so we're we're playing from behind every game um not good man really not good and 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 after he threw the second pick I was really expecting Heineke to run out um after halftime but um I don't know it, it's it this doesn't look good um you know I, I think Arthur Smith has a lot to do with this, the, the play calling, I, I just, it's atrocious. He's, he's not setting Ritter up to, to be the, the most comfortable um, in the pocket. You know, it just, nothing seems to be going good. There is no good on the Falcons offense, but B. John Robinson. Um, you know, he, he played really well again, um, much better than, than the Detroit game, but it's just when you're behind and you have to throw the ball, I, Ritter just is incompetent. Um, it, it, it's tough, man. It's t- it's a tough it's tough watching it. Yeah, this was uh, I think far and away the worst game of his career. I think we said that last week too. So kind of back to back double whammies. Um, and yeah, with Arthur Smith too, he's not doing him any favors. But on the other hand, Ritter's not doing him any favors. So they're just kind of uh, having a mid off in some ways. Um, but yeah, like you said, Bijan was really good in this game. Um, he looked way more explosive than he did last week. Kind of got back to his performances from the first two weeks. Um, Receiving-wise, Johnny Smith was great, Um, which uh, for Kyle Pitts fantasy managers like myself is uh, kind of annoying, but still, shout-out to Johnny Smith. Six catches, 95 yards. That's nice. Uh, Drake London did have a touchdown, didn't do much else, and uh, Pitts, two for 21. Kind of the same old story with him. But, um, yeah, like play calling, not great at all in this one. just nothing could get going. Ritter threw two picks and had a fumble. Should have had three picks. He threw, he underthrew a ball really bad uh, to, I think it was Drake London or Mac. I think it was Mac Hollins. Um, and that should have been a pick too that got dropped. Um, one of them was a pick six, which uh, we forgot to mention. So, yeah, I mean, offensively, 
like these past like these past two weeks, like you said, one touchdown the past two weeks, thirteen points total in two weeks, after scoring twenty five and twenty four in the um, first two weeks, um, which solid, you know, but um, it has really just took a turn for the worse, and the direction this offense is going in is um alarming, really is alarming. Um, they play the Houston Texans next week, who are playing really good football, surprisingly. And I think uh, preseason, everybody's looking at the Falcons' schedule. They kind of penciled in a W there, and that looks like it could not be at all. But, um, you know, big picture, the Falcons are still in a fine-ish situation record-wise for 2-2. Two and two. I think 2-2 uh, two and two through four weeks was kind of uh, most people's predictions, but I don't think people really envisioned uh, you know, the offense look pretty good the first two weeks and then just fall apart um, against Detroit and Jacksonville. So, yeah, I don't know when it's going to be Heineke time. Uh, like I said, Arthur Smith already said that they're going to stick with Ritter. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know when you, when you flip the switch. It's um, I think it's a bit different from the Mariota situation last year, to where benching Mariota, your backup was Ritter, and it was an unknown, your rookie. With Heineke, like if Taylor Heineke was on the Falcons last year as the backup, he would have came in and replaced Mariota a lot sooner than it happened. So I don't know if they have that same sense of urgency. It looks like they're going to be in the playoff picture. Uh, I know Tampa Bay is three and one now because they just beat the Saints, but you know, the the division they're still the NFC South. I don't know um if any of these teams are significantly better than the Falcons, if the Falcons can kind of play to their capabilities. But um yeah, it's a it's a mess, man. It is an absolute mess. Um but yeah, shout out to B. John Robinson. He's been awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, he has been really good. And, uh, you know, as far as the QB situation goes, I think Heineke is a real threat at taking the job. Um, you know, you're paying him $20 million over two years. And so it's not like um, it's 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 a vet deal and he's just there to, you know, um, help Ritter develop. I, I seriously think he has a, a chance at taking his job. Back-to-back um, -back week now where we, we're, we're under 10 points. I mean, just – at, at some point, the defense is going to um, start to turn on Ritter. I'm not sure what the locker room looks like. Uh, we saw Mac Collins kind of pop off at Ritter on the sideline. Like, that's super interesting, man. You know, things could get really ugly if uh, if if we don't see any, um, any you know, improvement at the QB position. It, it could get ugly. I think Heineke has a legit shot at coming in and taking a spot. I mean um, – you know Arthur Smith, man, he his seat's getting hot. Like it, it it's it's Here's getting room. hot in that room, man. And and you know just looking at the upcoming schedule, um, I think we'll have a better vision um, of of what direction this franchise is going to go because, um, you know it, it it's it's a very winnable next I think six games, seven games. I mean, I'll read off them now: Texans, Commanders, both of those winnable but also losable. Then you got Bucks, Titans, Vikings, Cardinals. So those next six games, super winnable. Um, I think I think if we're under five hundred, um, and 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 a decision hasn't made been made yet, then then we're in trouble. Um, but but if we can turn it around and and you know really the next five games, I think if you can go three and two, then um, you know we'll be right in the middle of the playoff picture and 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 just you know, see what happens. I don't know, but um, I understand that the Ritter needs some time, but uh, you know, 13 points over the last two weeks is pretty pathetic. Yeah. And as you were talking about that, it reminded me um, it's really only 10 points because against the Detroit last week, um, Jared Goff threw an interception at the Detroit 18 yard line. So that's really three points for the defense. So it's really just been 10 points that the offense has actually earned. And um yeah, that's that's just that's terrible. Like that's got. I I don't even have to look that up. I know that's the worst in football over the past two weeks. So it is. Um, it's bad, man. It's really bad, and it is kind of crazy that uh Ritter has been this poor the past two weeks for him to be turned on so quickly by the fan base. You know, because if he would have just had like two like mad games, it wouldn't have been like this. But he's for you to really Falcons were two and zero. After we beat the Packers, vibes were great. Ritter looked good. Second half comeback, all that. He's been so bad the past two weeks 
that is that usually just doesn't happen. You know, when you're like two weeks later, the fan base wants you gone. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy, but he's earned it. He's been terrible. So um yeah, I think um this Houston game, if if he comes out first half and it's the same, you gotta you gotta make a move. Like I think that's a large enough sample to be like this is just not working. Like he's just not going to be it right now. And you got to bring in Taylor Heineke because like you said, the schedule, you know, there's some like some of these teams have uh, played above their heads a little bit like Washington and Houston. You got teams like Minnesota who have kind of played down um, Tennessee kind of, but also not. They're kind of a weird team, but still like you can win these next games and you can keep yourself alive for a playoff spot. And I know we're kind of talking like Taylor Heineke is some God. <laughs> um, he's not, but he's still competent. He showed that in Washington. He was a, he was a good quarterback. You know, he he took the – I think there was a football team at the time to the playoffs, and he almost beat Tom Brady the year they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, he he can make things happen. He's a he's kind of a fun player to watch, and, you know, he's a guy who's no stranger to this role either. He's came in off the bench plenty in Washington when guys went down, and he that's how he made a name for himself. So, yeah, I think um, the leash is getting a little tighter on Ritter here. As far as Arthur Smith, things, I think things would have to really, really get bad, like – they lose the next four games and they're two and six for him to get the boot. But um, yeah, like he, he's, he has not been great either. So, um, you know, we should at least shot the defense. Uh, they gave up only 16 points. One of them was a pick six. So they, they did their job. They kept the Falcons really in this game. I mean, there was still like kind of hope in the second half, you know, if things could get going on offense, maybe we can make this a game. Um, Credit to the defense for doing that, but uh, offense could not make that happen. And, uh, yeah, terrible, terrible 9.30 a.m. game. Um, you know, get, get, getting out to watch that, it's not worth it. If <laughs> I would have known, I would have slept. <laughs> yeah, I could have got, got some extra Zs in there, man. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty pathetic. Uh, we, we actually switched to the Toy Story stream. I don't know if any of you uh, watched that. It was actually more entertaining um then yeah than the, than the real stream because your imagination was just all <laughs> over the place you're looking up in andy's room you're you're looking at the slinky dog i mean but but just watching the real broadcast it was it's pathetic man and and um we've got to be better um you, we've got to take advantage of the schedule because i mean we've been blessed with such an easy schedule um and and if if the offense doesn't get any better um Things are gonna things are gonna get real ugly in, in, in the locker room in the clubhouse. I, I, I truly believe that. I think um, with the defense keeping us in every single game like this and 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 just not seeing any results, um, things are gonna get ugly. So um, you know maybe maybe some pressure is good. I don't know. Um, we we will find out. Yeah, I just look at the schedule, man. And like, who do you think is the best team left on the schedule? Like, is it the Buccaneers? Is it the Colts? Like, it's really kind of crazy, <laughs> the schedule. It's maybe the Titans, if the Titans can figure something out. I don't know. But, yeah, these games are super winnable. And um, it would just be a shame if they could not uh, take advantage of it at all. So, yeah, next week um, at home, back at back at home, um, where they won their first two games, Mercedes-Benz, against the Houston Texans, who have blown out the uh, Jaguars who just blew us out and the Steelers the past two weeks, CJ Stroud is looking awesome. Looks like he's a, um, might be a threat to Bijan for offensive rookie of the year. If he keeps playing like this, it could be a neck and neck race with them too. He's been great. And um, yeah, if he, if he plays the way he's been playing the past two weeks, that could give our defense some issues. Um, and yeah, last week, it's, I know it's the Steelers and I know Kenny Pickett got hurt, but they only give up six points to Steelers. And if they play like that against Desmond Ritter, it could get ugly. So Hopefully things can change um, with these birds, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's been a stark one eighty over these first four weeks. Because after that Green Bay game, we felt great, and now it's just I kind of feel like oh, we're back. Yeah, <laughs> we suck, yeah, we suck it again. Feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see. Uh, so now we can we can move on to the Braves who. Season is over. The regular season is over, I should say. Uh, they finish 104 and 58. That is a lot of wins, not a lot of losses, just an overall incredible season. I guess we, sh we should hit on the things that happened this week that uh, were important. Ron Acuna 
goes 40-70 and breaks the uh, single-season stolen base record for the Braves, uh, passing Otis Nixon, who uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but it's kind of funny, the comparison between Ron Acuna and Otis Nixon. The year Otis Nixon set the record, he had zero homers. Acuna sets it with 41 homers, um, which is awesome. Uh, he does uh, 40-70 against the Cubs, and we should talk about this Cubs series a little bit because it was just – as bad as it gets for the Cubs, man, they really just blew a playoff spot this last week of the season. Um, the Braves played spoiler in a huge way. Game one, Seiya Suzuki drops a Sean Murphy pop-up, really. That would have ended the bottom of the eighth inning. Instead, ball drops, two-run score, game over. I think he wrapped that game, which uh, that probably was crazy to see in person. I've never – you never see outfielders drop balls like that. Like, it didn't even – I think he said that he kind of got lost in lights, but the way he was looking, like, he didn't throw his hands up or nothing. Like, he just – the ball just went right past his glove. And yeah. uh, that that was brutal. So, yeah, what would you think about that before we uh, get into the rest of the series? Yeah, it was an all-time choke job from the Cubs. I mean, I mean, headed into this series, it was um... – Really, nothing to play for for the Braves. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think we had already had everything clinched up um, throughout the postseason. But you know, the Cubs are are, are fighting for a playoff spot. They are in a, a wild card battle. So um, kind of ironic. It's kind of funny. But yeah, we're down six one in the uh, in the in the top of the sixth, and you know, we get up to to go go to the bar. We're like, dude, let's let's get it. Let's get an early start. You know. Um, <laughs> But then, but then my my buddy was like, "Yeah, hey, let's let's stay for uh, the bottom half of this inning." He was like, "If we score two runs and make it a game, we'll stay." I said, "All right, that's fair, that's fair." Um, so you know, we 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 get up, we start moving, and uh, you know, one by one, we we had a home run that inning, come back, so we're all right, we we stay, we stay, and uh, you, I mean, the wind was blowing a little bit, so in in the bottom of the eighth when he hit that, um, we all kind of felt a little breeze, but uh, obviously had had never expected. Or Suzuki just miss a easy pop fly like that. It was it was truly it was hilarious. Actually, I felt I felt really bad for the guy because, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter for us. We're just kind of feeling loose, feeling good, just whatever. And 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 for that to drop, that was actually hilarious. Yeah, it is. Uh, I just feel bad for him too. I know a bunch of Cubs fans were defending him because uh, they were they were posting his numbers and he had been carrying the Cubs for this past month. He had been awesome. So it was kind of a. Some guys, some Cubs fans were turning on him, and um, some Cubs fans were reminding him that they probably wouldn't be in the situation without him. Um, but yeah, that that sucked for him. The Braves shut the door, and uh, yeah, that that one sucked. And them being up six and nothing too was just even worse um, to blow that lead. And then game two was almost crazier due to the fact that uh, game goes to extra innings on a Marcelo Zuna game tying homer in the ninth after it kind of was a back and forth game. And then in the bottom of the 10th, Ronald Acuna goes 40-70. And um, obviously the Braves stop the game. They show a montage on the screen. Um, and just, you know, it was like a moment. You know, everybody's seen the picture of Ricky Henderson with the base above his head when he when I had one of his stolen base records. Every other guy that got to 40-40 with their 40th steal um, held up the base. Canseco did it. Alfonso Soriano did it. Barry Bonds did it. So when you go 40-70, you're ripping the base out of the ground and putting it above your head. That's just going to happen. But uh, I will say it was unfortunate timing that the game was tied at the bottom of the 10th inning with Ozzy Albies up at the plate and Ron Acuna is now uh, in scoring position to win the game in a must-win game for the Cubs. Cubs announcers kind of had a rough moment, kind of a little bit of a crybaby moment, um, saying that it was uh, kind of ridiculous that the Braves stopped the game. And it wasn't like they stopped the game for 10 minutes. It was two minutes you know it was like a replay review pretty much um and then just hilariously the very next pitch out after the uh celebration obviously cranks one into right and the braves win so what are your thoughts on just that whole situation um you know in the moment i was thrilled because for like 40 70 ronald holding the base of his head like i will never forget that the pictures yeah. from it were awesome it was the second steal of the game and both times he stole the very next batter ozzy drove him in so Quite literally, those two stolen bases won the Braves the game, which made it uh, even cooler. But, um, yeah, one of my favorite Braves moments of the season, one of my favorite Braves moments ever. I've never – there's never been a Braves player rip a base out of the ground and put it above their head. And, um, yeah, and, you know, I, I will defend the Cubs broadcasters a little bit because that was unfortunate timing. But, uh, 
yeah, what do you think about all that? Man, I I I was smiling from cheek to cheek um, when he held up that base. I thought it was yeah. absolutely fantastic. I mean, that that that's never been done. I think he definitely deserves ninety seconds of recognition. I mean, come on now, what are we what are we sitting here? doing i mean uh in game one dansby swanson we stopped the game for dansby and gave him a um yeah. a, a video and so you know well I, I don't understand all this commotion i mean i understand uh you just blew back-to-back games and you are um, in a in a race for a spot but um how about not blow the games i don't know um so yeah. there's that i mean that was my vic beasley of the week i can't lie it was the cubs broadcast booth um, oh yeah they're just just moaning and groaning about 90 seconds, um, you know, a, a temporary pause. And then I, I, I thought it was fitting uh, two pitches later, Ozzy just ends the game permanently. Yeah. So uh, there's your, there's your, you know, there's your stoppage of the game right there. Uh, we'll just, we'll just end it there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Screw those guys, man. I mean, seriously, like um, e- even Dansby um, after, after, you know, Ronald holds the bag up, he doesn't even look at him. He doesn't. He doesn't tell him anything. I mean, I just thought it was kind of pathetic um, from from everyone involved on on Chicago. I I I'm so glad they didn't make the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, it feels good, man. I I mean, I I, I thought the whole situation was super childish um, from 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 the Cubs, but um, that's just my opinion. I, I the forty seventy. It's it's never been done. Um, Ricky Henderson had thirteen less home runs when he had seventy. Uh, stolen bases and Alex Rodriguez um, had 40 home runs and 24 less stolen bases. So neither record has, has had that much um, at the same time, even cl- not even close. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I think Ronald deserved 90 seconds of recognition. I'm sorry. Yeah. Without a doubt he did. I mean, that I, it might happen again with the new rules, but I don't think it will unless Ronald does it again. Like the only guy I can think that might be able to pull this off is maybe like Julio Rodriguez, someone Corbin like Carroll. that. Corbin Carroll yeah. too. I think Corbin maybe. Carroll had like fifty steals this year, mm-hmm. but I mean he finishes with seventy three. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, it it really is. I mean, bigger bases or not, that is just an absurd number of stolen bases. I guarantee you, if the bases were the same as they were last year, Ronald still steals, I think, probably at least 50. So he's yeah. still going to at least create the 40-50 club, um, which even that on its own is ridiculous. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Ronald deserved to pull that base out of the ground, celebrate. You know, if this happened in the first inning of the game, no one would have batted an eye. Um, I like. I think the Cubs broadcasters, their own frustrations were kind of boiling over over the past yep. two nights of how yeah, things – and really just the past month of how things have went with the Cubs – yeah, they lost eleven of their last fifteen games to end the yeah. season. I, yeah. I mean, that you're one hundred percent right. That was just their frustration boiling over, and it was pretty sad that that got to social media and, and really, you know, other people started taking their side. And, and really, that's absurd. It was just because they were frustrated, and and most likely other Cubs fans were frustrated as well. Yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, it's just a unique situation. I don't, I don't remember ever having a game like. <clears throat> No, not high six for the Braves, but high six for the Cubs, and just a like a must win game for a team, and it just has to stop like that. It was a weird situation, <clears throat> so I do understand that point of view. But yeah, like if I mean the Cubs could have taken care care of business in the past twenty games or whatever, they would be in the playoffs right now. They were threatening the Phillies to have a home playoff series in the wild card. Now they're completely out. So yeah, huge meltdown from them, um, and. Uh, yeah, uh, game three, the Braves win that one too to complete the sweep and just a brutal series for the Cubs. And fun for the Braves, though, that clinched uh, home field throughout the entire playoffs, NL, World Series, all that. The Braves clinched the best record in baseball in that series. Um, the National Series, we'll have to talk a ton about. That's when Acuna broke Otis Nixon's record in game one. Um, I think he came out of the game after two. This this was like the truly like the Cubs series felt like it mattered a little bit just because it mattered for the Cubs. So it was interesting to watch still. This was the one where it was just like nothing mattered at all. Um, you know, I think everybody got pulled game three. Uh, Snit started them and let them come off the field so they get their standing ovations for Olsen and Acuna, a couple of other guys. Um, 
The Braves do tie the all-time single-season home run record, 307. And uh, the guy that did that was Marcelo Zuna, who really carried the Braves that record. He had three homers in the last two games. He just uh, – I, I, I guess we, we can kind of uh, transition into the awards now. And I just want to do the award for most improved player. And I don't know if you agree or not, but I think it's got to be Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of weird to say that about a guy that's been around for so long. It's usually like a younger player, like how Austin Riley, he was most improved in 2021. Um, Marcelo Zuna, his numbers this year are just insane. Um, he finishes with the third best WRC plus among DHs in baseball this year. Only Shohei Otani and Bryce Harper were better hitters at the DH position this year. And Harper spent a lot of time at first base. So it's like Bryce Harper's not really a DH. Otani is. Ozuna is. Um, and really, only Otani was better than him as like full-time DHs. He finishes with 40 home runs, 100 RBIs, and OPS over 900. Just an insane season. Like, I, I cannot believe he did this. It is the biggest surprise of the season for me easily. He was, I think an eyelash away from getting DFA'd back in May. And all of a sudden, you know, he's the third best hitter on the best lineup in baseball. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ozuna, um, he hit 40, and, and so that made three players with 40 home runs. That's that's really cool to look at and uh, yeah. be able to say. But, but, yeah, tying that 307 record, just awesome. I mean, it came down to the ninth inning of the last game of the season. So, Ozuna was clutch, man. That was I really yeah. wanted that record. I know we didn't beat it, but we tied it. Um, and and the team that had it was from 2019. The, the yeah. Minnesota Juice Baseballs. I mean, I don't know. That's that's our record in my eyes. I uh, I agree. I do <laughs> agree. I think most but, people should agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody knew those 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 were some bouncy balls they were throwing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Ozuna 100 most improved. Uh, I don't think there's any debate, really. I mean, um, you could argue Rosario uh, coming back, but you know that that was mostly because he couldn't see. So um, yeah, you know, I, I think Ozuna just just purely working and 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 really focusing on on his on field production. He he was unbelievable. I mean, um, you know, literally from 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 a month in, he was, you know batting under 100 um and and to see that ops climb 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 almost you know hitting 900 ops i mean that's that's ridiculous uh, i mean like you can't say enough about him he he really just he was he was really the glue i think in the clubhouse and uh really helped a lot of the younger guys and then for him to come out hit 40 home runs i mean who nobody could have predicted that yeah you really couldn't and one quick thing on the record um, for like the top five home run hitting teams of all time, the Braves are the only one in the top five that weren't from 2019. And the uh, the Twins set the record by one in 2019. The Yankees had 306, and I think the Braves hit uh, like 30 or 40 more home, more home runs in second place this year. So, yeah, it's uh, I think that's the one you should pick <laughs> for the record. It does suck. I did think like it, Michael Harris came up after he hit a rocket um off the bricks of the chop house. I thought that one might've snuck over for uh, the real record. Then Eddie came up with a chance to walk it off with a Homer. And I was like, Oh my God, there's no way that this <laughs> is going to happen. He lined out, but um, still getting that record was super cool. And Ozuna with two homers in the last game to tie it. He was super clutch in that way. And yeah, it's just an insane season, man. Okay. I mean, for, for you to be the second best DH in baseball, pretty much is just nuts. I mean, like him, just looking at 40 home runs for him. If you'd have showed me that back in May, I, I, I like, I, I would say you're actually insane because <laughs> yeah. he was just lost. He was as lost as I really ever seen a baseball player. He was legitimately the worst hitter in baseball. And he ends up being, let me see where he finished. And um, just uh, among all players in WRC plus, it's got to be pretty high. Um, 11th. <laughs> He was the eleventh yeah. best hitter in baseball this year. If you pick WRC plus as your stat, like he's right behind Kyle Tucker, Bryce Harper, and Juan Soto, and that is, um, yeah, that's just crazy. Ozuna from the Braves. Yeah, it is. Uh, 
remarkable comeback story, I got to say. Um, so, yeah, that's our most improved player of the year, our word for that. I guess we can move on to another layup and MVP of the team. And um, I think uh, we can agree with Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. He, um, he slashed <laughs> 337, 41 home runs, 217 hits. A 1.012 OPS, 106 RBIs, 149 runs, and only struck out 84 times this year. I mean, he 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 joins an elite group of players to hit 335, 40 home runs, 215 hits, a thousand OPS, 100 RBIs. Maggio, Klein, and Lou Gehrig. I mean. Wow. I mean, what can you say? That's MVP. And those guys are like, who's the most recent guy on that? Joe DiMaggio playing like the 50s. <laughs> like, it's Nin- ridiculous. Yeah, 1937. 1930. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's a, we might never see a scene like this again. I really try to appreciate it. I know Acuna might just do it again next year. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'm just kind of treating it as if he can't because, like, I just want to soak it in because you will just never. Like let's have a season like this again. Like it's just insane. Led the league in WAR with eight point three, um, highest WRC plus. He only struck out eleven percent of the time, eleven point four, and he walked ten point nine percent of the time. So, pretty much a one for one strikeout to walk ratio, while hitting forty one home runs and having one hundred six RBIs, stealing seventy three bases. Had the highest on base percentage in all of baseball. He is INL MVP. I kind of honest. This is this is kind of a weird hypothetical, but if baseball did their MVP like NBA and NFL, where it was just one and not NLAL, would he beat Otani? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't but, know but if he like would either. Uh, but that doesn't even count. Like no, <laughs> Otani, no, Otani, Otani's just yeah. I just say that because Otani he only finished with 135 games, but he finished with the fifth most WAR among um, position players and then among pitchers. Let's see where he's at on this one. He's an alien. Um, I think he kind of fell down because he missed the time with the uh, elbow too. But still, I think he finished with over 10 war. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if he would have, um, but he's for sure second. I think the Mookie thing is just out the window at this point. I don't – Mookie will probably get some first-place votes. But um, Alicuna is – if he doesn't win MVP, you know, a few months – like a month ago, I've been like, all right, I kind of get it if Mookie wins it. You know, Mookie's been great, but Mookie did not have a, like a crazy good September like Ronald did. Ronald finishes better than him in pretty much every stat. I mean, yep. only thing Mookie really has on him is defense. And still with the Ronald's shaky defense, shaky in quotes, he finished with more war than Mookie. So, yeah, I think Acuna, if I had a vote, which I don't, Ronald Acuna would be number one on my ballot. Yeah, you know, Mookie has him in... Um, pretty much, I'd say two categories. He has them um, on defense just because he could play second base. I mean, congratulations. Second is like. And he's not like, and people act like he was just some wizard out there. Like he was Hassan Kim or something. Like Mookie did not grade out very well at second base this year. Because he's not a second yeah. baseman. It is impressive that he's able to do it and that helped out the Dodgers. I get that. But he's just not a second baseman. He's a right field. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. I, I, I get I, all that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has one more RBI than him, um, you know, whatever. But but his team wasn't the first in baseball. I mean, most valuable player. I mean, we know this is an individual award at this point, but um, you still have to look a little bit at the team. Getting the number one seed, you know, batting leadoff. I mean, his stats could have been even crazier, you know, but put him three or four. He's getting at least 15 more RBIs, 20 more RBIs. I mean. Yeah. I don't think he could have hit 50 homers, too, if he – was able to sacrifice some contact and strike out some more, but he was able to not to to not sacrifice that and still hit forty one. So it's yeah. insane. Yeah, it, it's truly insane. Um, at the end of the day, his team's in first. They won it all, and he has a higher war than him. He has he has better stats than him all around. Um, Just the no history part of it too. Yeah, yeah. He he's the MVP, and and for for the way he finished in September um, was the cherry on top. I mean, Ronald had. He had MVP battles with about seven different players throughout the year. And every single time he came out, just the better. I mean, overall, he just continued just 
all year long. He he defeated every single one of those, and and I think that just shows it. It, it was only Mookie versus Acuna in the last month of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I Acuna has won it. I don't I don't think there's a question in my mind. Um, we'll just we'll just see how the media votes. Yeah, we will see. I I still I still think Acuna will win it, even though there are some geezers on the uh the MVP voters. But I do think even the geezers will appreciate forty seventy. Um, the geezers will not appreciate this. My last thing on Acuna, his expected numbers, which uh, this does not matter really, but it does to me because I just find it interesting. He slugged five ninety six this year, which is insane. His expected slugging by his batted ball profile was 660 <laughs> Ronald Acuna led baseball this year with barreled outs so it's kind of crazy to say but he was one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball this year and he finishes yeah. with the highest WRC plus in baseball <laughs> he just he hits rockets I mean a lot of them are ground balls to second and third but He's going to hit it hard. But even the time. barrels, like the barrels, like those have to be fly balls. You have to have a certain launch angle. And he had the most barreled outs. I think he had over 30 of them. And I think second place was like 20. Yeah. So if like a couple of those land in the gap or land over the fence, like it, he might have 10 war. And that's why I kind of say like he might do it again next year. Cause if this, like <laughs> statistically speaking, this, these things should even out a little bit. Cause I mean, his batting average, 337. I think he only arise was better. Um, his expected batting average was three fifty six. Like it's it's crazy. It is just insane stuff. So we could talk about Acuna all day. I could go on all of his pages, baseball savant, baseball reference, and just find crazy shit left and right if I wanted to. But we would be here all night. So we can move on now uh, to our next award. Uh, biggest surprise of the season. Um, a few guys came to mind uh, for me with this. Um, you know, I feel like some guys could have had uh, this locked up if they played better down the stretch. <clears throat> Bryce Elder, but um, I don't know. Who do you think? Who do you think for this one? Because I'm still kind of uh, figuring out some names here. Um, there's a couple guys, but the one one for this pick, the biggest surprise for the Atlanta Braves was Orlando Arcia. Yeah, coming into the year, um, it was Von Grissom, Von Grissom this, Von Grissom that. And we expected that in spring training. We knew he was getting some work at shortstop. Uh, we were hoping, hoping some to see some improvement on the defensive side. Um, we tried it out, didn't work. Um, Arcia was named the starter going into the season. Um, nobody knew what to expect. I mean, this guy hasn't started in in, in Major League Baseball in, in probably three years um, uh, since he was on the Brewers, and so no one had any expectations for this. They were just, you know. We had only seen him come off the bench, and what did he do? He slashed 264, slugged 420, and an OPS of 741. Those stats were very deflated uh, after the last like month and a half, I'd say. Yeah, he, he um, cooled down. He did. He was an all-star, um, and, and he really just solidified the entire offense. I mean, he I can't count on one finger or one hand, uh, two hands, how many clutch at-bats he had. You know, against the Mets, that home run in the ninth, um, just just countless clutch moments. You know, he he he's the guy. And uh, man, what 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 a big surprise! I mean, um, I didn't know what to expect. I was actually kind of furious when he was named the starter because uh, I thought Grissom deserved a chance. But um, we we know when he went down and, and Grissom came up that the defense was still not there. So that's my pick, Arcia. Yeah, I'm a I'm a roll with that one too. I just think about some other guys. Like, I I, I do want to shout out Jesse Chavez. I know he got hurt, but it, like he, his season at forty years old is crazy. A one five six ERA. Like that's that surprised me. He was a minor league contract coming into the spring training. So shout out to him. But yeah, Arcia. You know, even like you said, with his stats kind of taking a dip in September, it, like it's still like a perfectly fine season. I think he finished uh, as a top ten base uh, shortstop in uh, in WAR. Um, his defense is 84th percentile of outs above average on baseball savant. So he's, he's played great defense all year and yeah, the clutch moments are real. You know, he had the walk off against the Padres. He had the huge homer against the Mets to tie the game, had that huge homer in LA, an extra inning. So, and he's a guy that can get hot, like a Orlando Garcia could get red hot in the playoffs and, 
you know, just be a huge threat again. You know, even with him kind of cooling down, I still think that's a that's a good pick. Um, you know, I think I I did kind of throw some shade at Bryce Elder, but he was a surprise. Him making thirty one starts in its own is a surprise, and three one ERA. I know it was way lower earlier. Um, you know, he was uh he was important to his rotation with all the injuries. I will say that him starting a playoff game in a little over a week might be a little scary. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I still think he deserves his shout out just for um providing some stability to the rotation with the Kyle Wright and Max Fried injuries. So those are some honorable mentions, um, I guess you could say. But yeah, uh, Orlando Garcia did his job and more this season. Absolutely. That that uh the move to let, let Dansby go and bring in, getting Garcia for however much less money, like $20 million cheaper, it worked out, at least for now. Yeah. So we'll uh we'll see how it goes. All right, last, last award we'll give out is uh, Biggest Disappointment. And um, I have two guys who are a package deal for this, and then one guy who is on its own. I think I'm going to go with the package deal of Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. They got a lot of hype in spring training, and they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> my other guy that my other yeah. mentions, Colin McHugh, he sucked too. Um, but I do kind of I think Schuster and Dodd deserve it. It doesn't really matter that they suck. Neither of them going to be in the playoff roster. But a five eight one ERA for Schuster, a seven six ERA for Dylan Dodd, who pitched the last game of the season yesterday and got rocked by the Washington Nationals. Yeah, it, it seemed like one of those guys was going to nail down a spot in the rotation. Neither of them wanted to do that. They both were terrible. So, yeah. Do you have a separate uh, pick for this award, or are you going to roll with those two guys? I, I do have a separate pick for the award, but I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, those guys. Those guys pitched more than than we had hoped they would pitch um, with with the injuries to Freed and um, you know some other guys. Um, yeah, they weren't good. They weren't good at all. I mean, chance mm-hmm. after chance, we just you know we tried we tried pitching them against the Nationals. We tried pitching them against the Marlins, and neither worked. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It was it was really yeah. bad. Athletics. I remember somebody got a start against the A's, and it was just not yeah. good. Um, yeah. Yeah, not good. So, um, my most disappointing would have to be Travis Darnold. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really hard to pick somebody on the offensive side that was quote unquote disappointing after the record breaking uh, offense we had. But Travis Darnold was was pretty disappointing. He he bat he batted two twenty five, six eighty five OPS and only a point two WAR on ESPN. Um, he was he was not very good, man. He was not good. I I just I know him and Murphy were, were he was splitting time more than you know he had been in past years, but um it seemed it seemed like he really couldn't get on a roll, you know, splitting, which I mean it's understandable. Um, you know, taking the back seat as as a you know catcher. Um but but yeah, he, he just really wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I'm looking at his uh, first and second half split right now. It's actually kind of crazy. He had the exact same amount of plate appearances in the first, second half. 146 for each in the first half, eight home runs, batted 275, 846 OPS. Um, that's a 140, 130 OPS plus. Second half, three homers, 528 OPS, 42 OPS plus. So he had a terrible second half. Um, uh, I think um, this is an interesting playoff conversation. Like I, I think Murphy has to start pretty much every playoff game with the off days. Like I, I yes. guess if they like go up big in a series, if they go up 2-0 in the DS or 3-0 and like the NLCS or something, maybe just like just give Darno a start. But I think like with the off days, I know Murphy didn't have the greatest second half either, but I think he uh ran into some batted ball luck. Um, which on top of it, like he was never gonna keep up as good as he was in the first half, talking about Sean Murphy. Um, but I think Murphy's just better at Travis Darno than everything. And I love Travis Darno. I think he's a great vibes guy, great veteran presence in the clubhouse. But um, yeah, I think uh, Murphy should be playing as much as he possibly can. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think unless the pitcher uh, prefers Darno catching them, I yeah. think Murphy, Murphy's going to be the guy. I mean, with the day off, I think it's it's pretty easy to know that um and and hopefully getting some more consistent at bats know that you're going to be starting um unless you know max let's say max freed wants travis that's fine you know every every two or three games you know you can bring in murphy to pinch it too yeah yeah he can always come in um yeah i I like that a lot i think murphy's the guy in the playoffs yeah and 
looking at Sean Murphy's baseball savant, I mean, good Lord, is there a lot of red? I mean, he is the best blocking catcher in baseball. He is 100 percentile and blocks above average. Um, 84 percentile in caught stealing, 92 percentile in framing, 86 in pop time. Yeah, shout out to Sean Murphy. We um we haven't talked about him yet. You know, he kind of had a rough second half, but his season as a whole is really good. Way above what I thought it could possibly be. An 843 OPS from catching position is awesome. That might have led baseball, honestly. Um, I can look that up real quick. But uh yeah, he was great. And um I think would you tell what you said with the uh consistent playing time, his best stretch of baseball this year was when Darno was out with that concussion. That was when he was just absolutely raking. So if he's playing every day in the playoffs, I think you uh you could definitely see him really just pop off and get scorching hot again because Sean Murphy early in the season, man, he was behind the I think at that point he was better than Matt Olson because Olson kind of hit a skid. And I think he was the second best hitter on the team for like the first couple months, which is a uh, kind of crazy. But um I'm trying to find here, uh see if he was the best hitter hitting catcher in baseball this year. I think he was. Um, number three. So that's not bad at all. And the guy, the two guys in front of him only played in 86 and 96 games. So he played, he had more playing time, had about a hundred more plate appearances. So you can definitely make the argument that he was the best, um, the catcher only, only a few guys finished up with more war than him. Do you know who finished with the most war among catchers this year? Take a guess. Was it, was it Adley? Adley was number two. Number one, Bill Contreras. Five and a half or yeah. He uh he was great. He played he played a ton. Him and Adley both played a ton, like almost every game for their team. So that'll rack you up some war. Uh Murphy finished fifth and he only played in 108 games, and all the guys in front of him played at least 126. So um him was splitting time with Darno kind of hurt him with him kind of says so still a four-war season for Murphy. Uh that trade worked out for both the Brewers and the Braves. Not the A's, though, because I think every player the A's have gotten, and that deal has been terrible, um, except for Estrella Ruby stealing a lot of bases. That's like the only positive they have from that trade, so that's kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, Darno, weird year for him, but still, he's still a good backup catcher, you know? <laughs> still fine oh, for yeah. a backup catcher, yeah. So, sure. yep, yeah, those are our uh, regular season awards. Uh, this Braves team, just take a second just to, you know, Acknowledge how great they were. This is the best Braves team I've ever seen in my life. Pretty easily. Yeah. And um yeah. you know, hopefully there's a few more that are this good on the way in these next coming years. Um, but yeah, you got any final thoughts on this uh regular season? Because it was it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. The most fun I've ever had watching the Braves. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of what happens uh in the postseason, I think just on on an enjoyment level, I've never enjoyed it to watching a team more. Like yeah insane any any moment a ball could have hit could have could have you know got hit out any moment yeah you know any not really anybody <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I saw this stat today it said the braves offense hit like rafael devers all year so the slash line for the braves 276 batting average 344 on base percentage 501 slugging and an 845 OPS. Yeah. That, I'm yeah. Look at Devers page now. Yeah. It's the same. Devers batted 271, 351 on base percentage, 500 slug, and an 851 OPS. The Braves were literally Devers. Every and, single batter. <laughs> and another thing that they're just like Devers in, I saw today the average position player in the Braves hit 34 homers this year. And Devers at 33. <laughs> the Braves slugged higher than Rafael Devers, and they hit more home runs than him on average. Like, it's probably the greatest offense ever. I can't – like, I think like the only teams that rival them are the 2019 teams with the incredibly juiced baseball. So, yeah, it is an insane team. Um, yeah, I hope things turn out all right because this is the most expectations they've also ever had. Um, so, I guess we can kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, the Marlins suck in the playoffs. We kind of talked all year about, is this going to fall apart? Um, no, it's not. They finish uh, with the with the five seed, actually. They didn't have to go and finish that game with the Mets, which was uh, kind of just craziness on its own. But uh, negative run differential for the Marlins heading in to, to the playoffs to face the Phillies. 
I feel like I don't even have to ask you this, but who would you rather play? Um, I'd rather play the Phillies. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Marlins all the way. <laughs> yeah, I thought about this earlier today, and I know last year we did the same podcast, and uh, Sean was on with us, and I asked y'all, who would y'all rather play, the Phillies or the Cardinals? And we all said, the Phillies, man. <laughs> the Cardinals got Arenado and Goldschmidt. I want the Phillies. Um, And that did not end well. So I would also rather play the Marlins, but we know funny things can happen. I do think that Phillies team last year is better than this Marlins team. Uh, the Marlins had a negative 56 run differential, and they are in the playoffs. So shout out to them for making that happen. Just win every one-run game you play, you'll get in. Yeah. And funny enough, they finished the year scoring 666 runs. So it took some devil magic, but they are in they're in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I'm actually super intrigued by that wild card series. Phillies, Marlins in Philly. You know, the place is going to be going nuts. And um, yeah, it would just be hilarious if the Marlins won. <laughs> it really would be. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, yeah. Anything can happen. Um, yeah, a three, best, yeah, best out of three, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really... You know, I don't like it, but that's why you finish first, and that's why you get the buy right there. It ain't, it ain't my um, problem. <laughs> anything can happen in a three-game series, especially a division matchup like this. So, oh, yeah. You know, teams are going to be throwing their one and two right off the bat. It's going to be the best pitching. And the it's Marlins be, got good pitching. Yeah. It, it, you know, they got, they got some long, lanky left-handers that uh, could give guys like Harper and Schwarber some problems. Um yeah, we'll see. Anything can happen. So keep your eye on that. Um, I know we're going to do a little bit of uh, a preview of the Braves roster and uh, the Braves opponent um, after that series. So, yeah, be, be paying attention because, um, yeah, a lot on the line, a lot on the line. It's going to it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, like like we said last year, we, we wanted to face the Phillies. I mean, if I could go back like interstellar and just say and just look. No, at the back, no, like, no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> the Phillies got hot, man, and they're they're pretty hot going in the playoffs. And, and um, I don't know, they're they're a tough team at home. Yeah, Golly, they're tough at home. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm rooting for the Marlins, but like I said, any team can get hot, and that's all it takes. So, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, it is going to be interesting. Uh, we'll be a divisional opponent, no matter what, for the Braves. And uh, yeah, it, like you, it is funny these wild card series. I know. Um, with the Diamondbacks, they had to they had to pitch Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly this weekend against the Astros because they had to make sure they made it. So for game one tomorrow, the Diamondbacks are pitching rookie Brandon Fott, who has a 5.72 ERA. <laughs> and that's brutal. So they will get to go Gallon and Kelly for games two and three. But yeah, there you go, kid. Rookie had a tough season in your game one starter against uh, the Brewers. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I will try to soak in these uh, wild card games. Be the last stress free baseball I get to watch for hopefully a long time. Um, but uh, yeah, I am. I'm excited, man. We are what six days away now. Game one will be in Atlanta Saturday, um, and like you said, uh, we will we'll be here to talk about a playoff roster. There's still some some stuff needs to be sorted out. Like what pitchers are going to make it. Um, I think the. I think the offensive side is pretty set, um, you know, for the bench. It's going to be like Darno, Pilar, Nikki Lopez, Forrest Wall, and then we all know the other guys. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked, but I'm terrified at the same time as what's going to happen. I think last year scarred us all a little bit, um, kind of made us more scared of the Phillies than I think we should be because we always play the Phillies super well. We played them super well this year, and who, no, no matter who the Braves play, they're going to be pretty heavy favorites um, to win. So. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's exciting and stressful times for sure. So you got any uh, final takes on the season on the Falcons before we wrap things up here? Yeah, I love how we just get the Falcons out of the way, like the like the Falcons are the are the bad kid that we don't like right now. Yeah, we're, we're them and, and Braves, the Braves are are our baby. They're 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 the youngest. Um, they they get the, a free pass. So the Falcons are the ugly duckling. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of like and coming up soon, October twenty fifth, Hawks. Oh, I know today, today was media day. Um, you know, guys getting interviewed. I saw Jimmy Butler. I guess that's this new thing now for media day, just to show up 
looking <laughs> absolutely insane, which I respect it because they have to use that picture all season. <laughs> so, I love it, dude. I freaking love Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I love Jimmy Butler too. I wish he wasn't on the Heat. Um, but I do love Jimmy Butler. Uh, so the Hawks are coming up soon. We're like 20 days out from that. We'll be previewing them soon. Hopefully the Braves and Hawks are playing at the same time um, in the CS or World Series, whatever it's going to be, when the Hawks are playing. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a fun time of year, man, fun time of year. You said that football had taken over for these past two weeks. I think we're fine with baseball taking back over with how the Falcons have looked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm here for it. Um, October is where baseball is played, not football. What's football? I don't know. Yeah, my fo- I had a bad football weekend, about as bad as it can get. Falcons, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets lost to Bowling Green, and I am going to lose by 100 points in fantasy. So it, it really doesn't get much worse than that. I guess I can just, I guess I can say it's only up from here. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully next weekend's better. But really, next weekend, all that's going to matter is these Braves, man. It's all that's going to matter. So game one. Saturday gets the Phillies or the Marlins. Um, be ready, be ready. So, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking stoked. I think we got one more segment to do. We almost forgot. Oh, I forgot again. I get so riled up, I forget. Um, I think we <laughs> start with Jock of the Week. Um, you're up first, so go ahead. Um, I'll I'll let you get this one. I'll let you get this one. Oh, um, I'm deferring. gonna take. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take Spencer Strider. Okay. Um, he breaks the franchise strikeout record. Um really just in, in general the whole season, um, with so many injuries going down and and so many rookies picking up starts. There was one guy. There was one guy that was there all along. Really two. Um, but but, but Spencer Strider was unbelievable. Um I think yeah. I think he said he, he finished second or third in overall pitcher war. Uh second. with the, with the with three with a three eight ERA three four ERA, so um, shout out shout out to Spencer Strider uh, breaking that franchise strikeout record uh, once held by John Smoltz. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is a it's an awesome season for Strider. I know the ERA is inflated, um, but still five and a half WAR, two eight six FIP, which I believe was the best in baseball. Oh, actually no, second Sonny Gray caught him. Kind of crazy. He had a good season. Um, but yeah, Strider was really good this year. He had some awesome starts, but he just had some weird, terrible starts at times against bad teams. I know he had one against the Pirates, he had one against the Cardinals. I think the Marlins got him one time. Like it's Marlins not a bad team, just not uh not a great offense. I'll say that. But um, yeah, just some bad offenses got a hold of him. Had some had some unlucky moments, but you know, the strikeouts are insane. 13.5 per nine. That was easily the best in baseball. For starting pitchers, he pitched a ton of innings, 186.2. Uh, you know, it was a real workhorse all season, and he deserves some credit. He, uh, yeah, he's awesome. And I think, um, going forward, he will be just like the default preseason Cy Young pick <laughs> for anybody making their predictions. So, yeah, and he had 20 wins, which I know wins really don't matter, but it's kind of crazy. The Braves back to back years with a 20 win starter, Kyle Wright and now Strider. You don't see that a ton. Uh, yeah. He 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 gets the most run support when Strider pitches. The Braves rake. I think I think the Braves only lost like six of his starts this year. Um, I think they went like twenty six and six or twenty five and seven in his starts, which is uh crazy on its own. But yeah, shout out Spencer Strider, man, good season. And uh, I think he's pitching game one. Um, from all the reporting, it seems like they're going to do Freed game two. So that's interesting. So yeah, he'll be pitching on Saturday. It seems like. All right, uh, my Jock Peterson of the week. I'm going with another Brave. I would pick Ronda Cunha, but he's already won this thing twice. He could win it every week, honestly. So I'm going to pick another guy. A guy we talked about a ton already this episode. He already won another award. It's Marcelo Zuna. He had a crazy good week. And just, uh, yeah, three home runs. Um, got them to the record, which was uh, pretty cool to see from him. And right. him, getting to, him getting to 40 homers, getting that round number, 40 homers and 100 RBIs on the dot. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna pull up his uh his numbers just to kind of show you how crazy of a turnaround he had. So everybody remembers May May 3rd against the Marlins. He had two home runs, including a grand slam. Coming into that game, he'd already been benched, mind you, 
Like he hadn't played in like five games, I think. He had a 444 OPS and was batting 111 in 19 games. He had two homers, seven hits. Two of them were homers. Um, since that game, since that moment on May 3rd, Marcelo Zuna, his numbers are loading. <laughs> um, he had a 967 OPS. He had 38 homers, batted 296. Just an absolutely insane turnaround. We talked about it a lot earlier, not to say much more, but a shout out to Marcelo Zuna. One of the weirdest tenures of any Braves player ever, but the things that have happened from being um, beloved in the COVID year to being hated for two seasons and back to just being as good as ever is um, quite the accomplishment. And uh, he stuck with it. Credit to him because he could have been off the team. He could have just gave up, but Braves didn't give up on him, obviously, when we kind of thought they should. And I guess they're reaping the benefits of it now. Yeah, yeah. Ozuna was fantastic. Well-deserved, especially after tying that record this week, getting that award. Yeah, it was um, pretty clutch. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. I'm just, I'm so glad they tied that record. <clears throat> yeah. Um, my Vic Beasley of the week, Um, there's a lot to choose from. But um, I'm actually going to go with – I'm going to stick with baseball. I'm going to say – Dave Martinez is my Vic Beasley of the week. Oh, he was he was going to try hard. <laughs> this man, this man right here, changed pitchers eighteen different times in a three game series. Eight of that them meant nothing. <laughs> eight of them happened in the middle of an inning. We had to stop play, go to a commercial, sit there, read a book, tell a friend, call somebody up, come back. They had to warm up. And, I mean, it was just – these were the longest three games, I think, ever. And yeah. um, for them not to matter at all, it was so frustrating. I don't understand why he was managing like this was game seven of the World Series. Um, yeah, that's my big beat. That was pissing me off. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was weird. He was matching lefties in like the fifth inning. Like it was it was truly bizarre. I guess he just wanted to beat the Braves. I don't know. The the Not the Marlins. The Nationals – it kind of been like surprisingly better than everybody thought. So I guess he was just trying to rack up as many wins as he could just uh, going into the next season, I guess. That's the only thing I could think of because there have been truly some teams that have just been like rolling over and dying. And I guess the Nationals were not going to do that. <laughs> and you don't, you don't have to roll over and die. There's a happy medium. But he just, like you said, you would have thought that the Nationals had to win these games to make the playoffs or something. Like it was crazy. They, they were managing – more hardcore than the Cubs were against us. David Ross had Drew Smiley pitching in the bottom of the eighth inning. Yeah. Braves legend, Drew Smiley. And he's got like a four or something ERA. He just got moved to the bullpen because he was struggling as a starter. So, yeah, I guess the Cubs should uh, trade managers with the Marlins. <laughs> or not the Marlins, the Nationals. I keep mixing yeah. them two up. Um, good Vic Beasley because that, uh, yeah, he was going crazy. Um, my Vic Beasley... <laughs> I know I just said I didn't want to give my Jock Pearson around Acuna because he gets it too much. I'm going to give my Vic Beasley to Desmond Ritter because he doesn't get it enough. <laughs> I think this is a, it's a second one. I think he's back-to-back. Um, uh, he's it's, been terrible. It's his award to lose every week. <laughs> yeah, he's got, to, he's got to play himself out of winning it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's really no one on the Braves I could really pick. Um I guess I could have found another Falcon that played bad, but he was the worst. Um, yeah, he was terrible, and like you said, he's got to he's got to earn his way out of this purgatory that he's in. <laughs> he could either he could either get out the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is just playing good. The hard way is that if he gets benched, he's not going to win it anymore. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see which way it goes. Um, I have a feeling that he will get out of it in the the second part of that soon yeah maybe happen. he won't maybe I he think, won't i think desmond ritter and arthur smith are we're gonna start a tally and we're gonna see in, who, who can wrap up the most vic beasley awards yeah. and they'll be the vic beasley of the year whoever gets more <laughs> <laughs> we will see i think um arthur smith has one and ritter had one today so i think two one ritter is the the score going in to week five so we'll see what happens next week maybe someone can can just take that from them, but I don't think I think that they're the only two. Oh no, Drake London got one. I gave Drake London one week one when he went over. So Drake London's on the board too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Desmond Ritter, 
layup for me for my Vic Beasley. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think uh I think we covered it all. I almost forgot the segment again. I don't know how I keep doing that. Need to write it down in front of me so I don't forget it. But shout out to you for not forgetting because I'll just rolled this thing off a cliff and not have done it. So yeah. Um we'll be back. Uh I guess if this it depends on how this Marlins Philly series go. If they if someone gets swept and things over on Wednesday, we might do it Wednesday or Thursday. If it goes to three, we might do it Thursday, or Friday. We'll uh, be back one of those days, preview the NLDS, uh, preview the playoffs, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, it's October, baby. It's Choptober. It's Choptober. So um, if you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one. 